Yeah, thanks very much for uh, inviting the call and uh, taking some time. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I just spoke to uh, Mackenzie last uh, Friday, and I spoke to uh, David uh, two weeks ago. So it looks like you are you are the last one on this uh, little trio I've got going on. Right on, right on. Very cool. Thanks very much. Um, how did yeah, you come up with the idea? You talked to Mackenzie and to David. That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah, they both had very different takes on the uh, on the whole experience, which is interesting. Oh yeah. That's interesting, yeah. I haven't yeah. uh I don't think I've heard either of them yet, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh yeah, McKinsey's was more of a um uh a modern uh sort of a, a male feminist take on it and David's was very laid back analytical uh view. So yeah, two totally that's different takes. <laughs> and that's kinda how they are too, you know. Yeah. Um um, I mean, David can be very, um, he can be a bit, he tends to be laid back, but he can also be very political, so he can get very firebrandy at times too, but, but yeah, it, you know, he, he's in a, they're two different generations too, you know, so, mm-hmm. so there's that, yeah. Well, I can give you my take on it as the writer, <laughs> co-writer, director, producer, and co-star and everything that I could do to bring this this piece into life, yeah. So, how did the writing process go to bring this all about? And you, I'm I'm sorry, um, sorry. You you did you've seen the film, right? You, yes, I have. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I watched it the day before I interviewed David. Ah, terrific. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so the writing process uh, took place. Um, around, well, um, I'm sort of trying to figure out what's the best way in on this story. Um, first of all, is everyone aware of what we're talking about? Or is this, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Welcome to the Men's Group, which is a film, a uh, comedy drama about the inner life of men. Um is uh I'm sorry, I gotta move upstairs for a second. Okay. Um so I I I've spent probably close to twenty years in what might be termed the men's movement or uh and certainly participating in men's groups. And I found that to be a very enriching, very inspiring experience for many reasons. Um this, of course, started back, really started in the 70s when, when feminism was getting much stronger, and so men started to try and figure out how they would, uh, you know, meet that new awareness. And so men's groups started to form, and then in, in the 80s and 90s, it started to get very strong. Um, I was very inspired by the work of Robert Bly, who wrote a very famous book called uh, Iron John about men who uh, cultures of men that needed to to go deeper and, and learn about their grief and and use storytelling and mythology um, as a way to to sort of reclaim a, a sense of their deeper modes of feeling. Anyway, all of that really inspired me as a young man and as an artist. And and then several years ago, 
um, I was in a men's group, and with my partner, uh, Scott Ben-Yashar, my writing partner. And I, I saw some things go on there that day that just really inspired me. I just, I just felt like, my God, if people, <clears throat> if I could bring a camera in here, if people could have seen what I just saw these two men go through, two or three men, um, they would just, I, I think they would also feel really, I don't know, get something from it and feel very inspired by what I saw. And, and I said, you know, I've been making independent films for a while now, and it's like, what if we tried to do that? How could we do it? I don't want to make a documentary because that's, I'm not a documentary filmmaker, for one. And, um, and so and my partner, Scott, you know, was also interested in either background, theater, and writing, and so we started meeting, and we met in, you know, as screenwriters do, in coffee shops and, you know, diners and various places, probably over about a two-year period crafting um, what would become the script. And we started with character, because I said it's a character-driven piece. It's not a plot-driven piece, per se. And all the conflicts should come out of who these guys are. And that they meet on this one day to do their men's group, this sort of modern phenomenon where men get together to talk about feelings and talk about their lives and support each other if they can. And um, these kind of groups can be very sophisticated. Some are very basic. Um, some have codes of ethics. Others are just freeform. And we started working on that, and, and we worked on the archetypes that we wanted to, to present. Some were based on combinations of guys that we know and parts of ourselves as well. And pretty soon we had a, a cast of characters, and, and in each of their stories was something that, was, that we wanted to, to kind of touch on in modern American culture and just men universally, if we could. And out of that, we chose two or three characters that would have certain conflicts that could give rise to a bigger ultimate conflict within the group, which was, you know, authenticity, trust, and whether these guys could really even survive as a group. And, and, and how important is authenticity to men today? And so those were the themes we were working with. And finally, we had a script that um, we, we felt was, was right. And then miraculously, we got actors that absolutely could carry that material, you know, right into, right into action and into the screen. So that's, that's kind of how it went. It took a couple of years of hard work on that. And, uh, and I will say it's, you know, what you see in the film is, is the script. It's verbatim. You know, these actors got the whole other story, but they, um, I will say that the behavior of the men is very organic and very and improvised in a certain way. But the, the lines, all of the words are, are like we, we made sure that we were very careful about what we wanted to say, not unlike a theatrical play which the film kind of is in a certain way. So that's the story of the script, more or less. When, uh, yeah. when I first... Oh, I'm sorry. Not at all. 
uh, when I first got the screener, I watched the trailer and uh, it came through like it was going to be uh, it was going to be a heavy emphasis on comedy. And then once I finished the film, I thought there's there's quite a lot of darkness in there with what some of these men are going through. When having to write something that has very heavy themes, uh, does that ever take a toll on you personally when you're writing something or you're directing these guys and you and you see these performances come out? Does that affect you emotionally in any way? Well, certainly, in a certain way, it's all about emotion. I think it's all about those feelings. It's, um, you know, why, why tell it? First of all, what you're saying, of course, is classically case the, the trailer certainly emphasizes the more comedic moments in the film although it is in the trailer you can look between the lines and you do see there's some pretty heavy stuff going on there too that's a trailer trailers are meant to you know grab our interest and get us there and i think you would you would agree that the film is certainly has a, a lot of very funny stuff going on in it so it is a comedy drama but there's scott and i absolutely did not want to make this a satire, which is what a normal Hollywood treatment of a men's group would be. It would be mm-hmm. crazy script about uh, the hangover, or it would be the men's group goes to goes camping and they <laughs> they meet up with hookers and they rob a bank and whatever. You know, we didn't want to do that at all. We wanted to give it an audience as true an experience to the kind of raw emotions, raw feelings raw kind of, you know, uh, vulnerability that happens in a men's group. And it's not every men's group is like that, no. Uh, I would say the script is more like the story that you see in this movie is almost like, you know, it's very unusual because, I mean, it's a drama. It's a drama. It means something something has to happen that's of interest, not just guys talking and sharing. So that means it's going to be heightened It'll be like 10 years of a men's group in one movie, you know. Um, but that being said, it, it is a drama. There's no question. These are, these are, we're dealing with ideas like real things that men, men are dealing with today, which is modern men are still subject to all these very, you know, classic attitudes of what it means to be a man, which is, you know, not to share your feelings and not to show your fear and not, and to be strong, and all those, you know, notions that we take for granted. But in fact, you know, a lot of that is being questioned today and questioned in this film and questioned all over, which is like, well, what does it mean to be a modern, evolved male today? And so, you know, men are dealing with depression, suicide, uh, finances, children, being a good partner, being a bad partner, uh, you know, the whole gamut. And we felt it was our, you know, not only our duty, but it was really our passion to kind of say, no, we want to we want to get into that stuff. So when you say, does it take a toll? I would say more that um, it's, you know, from the point of view of, of filmmakers or, or actors, too, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of what you want to do. You know, it's what you want to live for is, is, is these, highly charged moments of drama or comedy that show something about ourselves. So to the degree that it was taxing, I will say more that it's more like cathartic (laughs) than it is, 
you know, hard to do. So every movie is hard to do in some some respects. And what we went through in this film was very intense. Uh, the actors went through it. Uh, I, as the director, also, you know, had to shepherd that through. Um, but everybody was on board. Every actor, I don't know if you see that in the film or not, but it's hard to mistake. They are so committed to what they're doing. And every actor that came onto this project wanted to have this experience, which is to say, you know, what happens in the movie is it's one day in the life of this men's group where things go really chaotic and really difficult and a bit absurd and crazy, too. And I will say, and everybody read the script. They knew what they were getting into. So that means that, you know, it's an indie film. And in indie films, you're not paying, you know, you can't pay actors <coughs> what they normally would get, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or big salaries. So that means they want to do this. And again, and so that means they want to feel what it's like to be, you know, in a conflict with a man in this group or, or feel scared or feel challenged or feel outrageous, you know, they're sort of, that's, that's what, you know, actors live for that stuff. So, so in a way it was difficult, it was challenging, but very satisfying. It's very gratifying in a way too. And so, um, even, you know, Timothy Bottoms, who does such an amazing performance as this, you know, sort of guy who's supposedly made it, made it, you know, as a success, but he's, terribly lonely and, and frustrated and really on, on the verge of a breakdown. Um, you know, he, I think he, it was, you know, those are difficult emotions to play. Um, my character also has to go through a lot of difficult emotions. But in a way, there's something that's very gratifying about that too because you get to touch something that's, you know, not easy to talk about. And hopefully it's in the service of, of entertainment of some kind. So there's there's that, you know. Oh yeah, there was there was no question that I was entertained all the way through and to see something like this to for the subject matter to be tackled in in a sense it's not a satire, which was very nice to see. Thank you very much. Um Yeah, it's it's really meant meant with sincerity but with a wink too. So, and <laughs> That's very different than satire, you know. I mean, we're poking fun at ourselves and, and, you know, at some of the very funny things, uh, sometimes too serious things that men do, but we're also giving an even hand to the things that we think are are real and serious, you know. So that's that's the difference, I think. There's a little bit of a theme of betrayal uh, through the film, whether it's men betraying their... Uh, feelings versus their actions, or friends betraying each other, or people feeling their. Um, what men walking away from this picture? What what do you think they should be taking away from this, uh, as far as uh, a message or a feeling about the the uh, the new man for the new millennium kind of thing? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I. I my, I think my, you know. My hope with the film is that it it does offer uh, a picture of of men in process. You know, men who are evolving 
per, you know, what is being asked of them today. And some are doing it well and some are not doing it so well. <laughs> but they're all trying to kind of do it together. And that's like the metaphor. And I think what that means to me is community. It means connection. It means I would like men to come out, out of it saying, well, that's, you know, shit, I understand a lot of that stuff. You know, I saw myself in that guy or I saw my friend who I know is like that. And I have compassion for it. So there's not a lot of, you know, men are, are good at being kind of self-haters and, you know, hard on themselves in a certain way and maybe not hard enough on themselves and others. And I want the film to kind of promote that in a certain way. I kind of like, yeah, I, I could use a real friend, you know, and not just a drinking buddy, mm-hmm. not just playing, you know, doing, watching sports or, you know, having a beer or something. But it's really, you know, what if I could get together with some guys and really share stuff, even if it felt like uncomfortable to do it, it might, it could could really give me something. So that's, I'd like it to open that possibility. And I, and I'd like also that that men would take that away as, as like they're not alone and that they can use more community and they should seek it out if they can. And not be so, you know, ashamed of all these things, which we, we shame is a big theme and also in the film. Betrayal and shame, you know. Uh, shame in terms of, you know, what you're willing to reveal about yourself or what you're not. Um, that shame comes often from our society, comes from things deep in our childhoods, and it's not healthy. You know, it's just not healthy. It ends up, you end up lying about stuff, lying about to yourself, uh, to your friends. And, you know, so I'd like the film to be a kind of, uh, you know, a little airing all of that. Open, open the wound a bit and kind of let it all air out, if you will. Um, but do it with humor. Do it with kindness. Do it with, uh, you know, affection as well. Um, that's what I, and, and, and on, for the women out there, I, 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 I was wonderfully surprised about that or, or gratified that women love the movie. You know, I, I mean, I thought about about it. I thought, this will be great for women. They'll see, they'll be like a fly on a wall to see, like, what is really going on with these guys, you know, because they're often, women spend a lot of their time wondering what the hell their partner is feeling, you know, because it's not a normal kind of conversation to have. And and, uh, and I was really tickled that, that women overwhelmingly in our audiences are so supportive of the movie. Like wow, I, I never saw a film like that about men, and how nice to see it. And so, so that's also what I'm glad people are taking away from it. Yeah. We need All right, to, need more discussion. <laughs> yeah, there's it's. Uh, I'm kind of like an odd man out when it comes to the, the industry. I'm I'm very blue collar, very reserved. Uh, don't really discuss my feelings of anything, but it's kind of very different from uh, my other yeah. contemporaries in the, in the industry. They're very, they're very open and very. Uh, Is that because of your background? I, I think so. Uh, I came from a construction industry background, kind of fell into the entertainment industry. 
So, you know, construction guys don't really discuss their feelings. They don't really care. (laughs) You know, there's there's a reason for that, you know, Mike. Uh, What what is the reason? (laughs) Well, it's it's sort of sort of you know inherited, so to speak. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all subject to that same kind. You know, those, those that code, if you will. You know. Call it blue collar if you wish, but it's it's a male code, you know, which is, you know, we don't really talk about what's bothering us. We don't really talk about our fear about life. In fact, we even deny that it's there, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've had very blue collar guys in men's groups talk to me, you know, as well as artists I know, and said, yeah, you know what, you know, I I can't just you know, go around and say, I'm I'm a man and I'm afraid. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't, that's not okay to say that. It's almost forbidden. You know, it's not cool to say that you're afraid of saying that you can be afraid of anything. You can be afraid of, you know, your finances, your work, your, your uh, women, uh, your friends, uh, <clears throat> being judged by others, whatever it is, you know. And and that's just like not you know we didn't grow up with with that being okay. Girls can talk about it, right? Yeah, I guess we like to keep yep. up that veneer that we always have control of the situation. Yeah, which is 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 certainly the biggest delusion that there is. <laughs> you know? We don't have control over anything, you know. <laughs> I learned that after having a kid. I don't have any control over any of this. That'll do it to you. That'll do it to you. Every time I did it with mine, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I have no control about anything. (laughs) They're in charge. And, you know, that's always been the way it is. But male control was, you know, and it's very interesting historically when you, you know, get into it, like anthropologically or whatever. It's because a lot of people write about this, that men – you know, historically, uh, and, you know, first there's the hunter thing, which means you've got to go out and be really tough and face a bear or whatever. Um, so that's built into the kind of, you know, consciousness of all men, um, although women are certainly great at hunting too. Um, that's a big part of our role, our identity. And then add to that, uh, you know, defending the nest or defending the, you know, the, the territory, which means war. You know, we're soldiers. Men are soldiers. We're, we're, we're warriors. We have to get out there and die. And so talking about your fear is not what you do when you go out to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you do not do it. You hound that out of that soldier. You know, you you know, it doesn't mean the soldier isn't afraid because he is. You know, he'd be insane. But you know, we're not allowed to show it. Not allowed to. Well, that's changed, okay? Because we're not in that culture anymore. I mean, it's rapidly changing every day. And you could almost say, you know, it's time to let the mask down. It's time to take a chance. You know, and say, what if I didn't have that mask anymore? What would life be like? And, of course, there's a lot of judgment about that thing. Well, that means I would be, I don't know what, you know, too sensitive or I would be wimpy or 
there's all kinds of like attitudes about that that are just you know based on some old construct of how we're supposed to be as men. I mean, people well, can show their strength through action. So say it again. They can uh, men can show their strength through action. Uh, they don't being reserved isn't exactly strong, but I mean, if they if they show their emotions and but still perform the valiant things that they think they need to do, I mean, they are still considered brave. So I guess it's they've got to strike that balance. <laughs> and get rid of their ego. I, think you're and right. still... uh, I, I agree. I think that finally, you know, to become balanced humans that are responsive to the environment, to the needs of others, to community, you know, we've got to balance these things in ourselves. We can't walk around trying to be in control of our emotions, in control of everything. That's not serving anybody. In a way, we're kind of shut off. Men are terrifically isolated. Mm-hmm. You know, in their own feelings, in their bodies, and also even in, in the culture. You know, we don't reach out and express. You know, we don't connect so well. You know, women are allowed to do that historically, again, for the same reasons that go way back into history, which is that women, <clears throat> they had to bond together and form uh, support systems because the men were not there a lot of the time. They were, out, you know, either dying or hunting or whatever. And so, you know, those codes of, of exchange are okay between women, but not so in, among men. And yet, you know, again, the movie, back to Welcome to the Men's Group, it's actually trying to kind of propose that there is something that men do together that is actually really significant, you know, that they can give to each other, that, you know, sort of type of brotherhood, if you will. And a lot of it has to do with feelings, and a lot of it has to do with honesty. And so all of that is true for men as well um, in these groups. And that's uh, what we tried to show in the movie. Mm-hmm. In in closing, um, Welcome to the Men's Group does try to encompass uh, several aspects of most men that either you and I probably know, either the the – the newly expected father or uh, the gentleman that's lost his job and is not sure how he'll provide or uh, a situation close to mind where you have uh, a spouse that's going through something uh, either mentally or physically that you have to kind of become their caretaker and you're just not sure yeah. what to do. Um, which would which of these characters, uh, including the, the, the one you play, which – which do you think best encompasses uh, yourself as uh, personally? Hmm. No, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I'm wondering, did you did you, you did you ask that of, of David Clannon and Mackenzie Aston? Mackenzie, I didn't. I believe I asked uh, David. He said that he said that Fred. Fred was kind of kind of close to who he was. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I think that's that's actually very true. I think uh, you know D- David, you know, was so perfect for this role <laughs> because he really did embody a lot of that, and I think he is this kind of wise curmudgeon, if you will, <clears throat> but also you know has a wackiness. Um. 
And uh, that's such a great question, though, because, you know, there's a <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to cop out on this, but I will start <laughs> by saying I, I really, you know, because I co-wrote it with Scott, we invested a lot of ourselves in these roles, which is just not just, they're not autobiographical. I will tell you that flat out. Mm-hmm. They are amalgams of certainly of men that I know and have experienced mixes of, of, of different ideas that I've seen in men <clears throat> that I know. But also, you know, there are, there are parts of myself in every one of these characters. So that's not trying to be a cop-out. I really mean it. That they, and if you go down the list, you know, starting with, um, you know, Larry, uh, Timothy Bottoms' character, who, you know, has kind of, kind of a workaholic in a certain way. He's like, you know, this lawyer guy who sort of worked, but to to what end? You know, he ends up kind mm-hmm. of distancing himself from everybody. And his codependent issue with, with his wife, you know, that's not my experience, but I do understand codependency quite well. Um, I dare say there isn't a man who doesn't understand it, but um, which means, you know, I'm I'm doing, I'm, I'm caught I, I, I've had relationships where I'm caught in that dynamic, thinking I'm doing, you know, caretaking and doing the right thing, but really, you know, I'm, I'm not allowing the reality of life to be there, you know, and it's not really serving me. Um, I've certainly experienced that. Um, Carl, the big business dreamer, played by Stephen Tobolowski, who sort of screws up his entire life because he just lies to everybody. Um, not really me, but I certainly <laughs> identify with that dreamer part of him, which is that guy who thinks this one is really going to do it. You know, I'm really, this this is the next project that's really going to, you know, once we get this, it'll happen and everything will be perfect. And that that's a very common male delusion, and I certainly have participated in that at times, um, you know, kind of pinning all your hopes on one thing, and then, of course, it doesn't work out, you know, <laughs> and that's a very male thing, I think, uh, women don't tend to do that, I know a lot of men who do that, who think that way, it's catching the big fish, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's finding, it's the miner who, we're going we're gonna to strike gold if we just keep at it, you know. And it doesn't always work that way. Um, you know, the character of Eddie, the sort of macho uh, Latino, played by Terrence Rotolo, wonderful, incredible performance. Um, I'm not really, a, you know, I'm not that guy so much <laughs> who's triggered by his sort of macho blue-collar background thing. Um, that wasn't how I grew up. Uh but I do, I do see him kind of being aggressive on everybody else and not himself. And yeah, I don't know. I don't like to think I'm that way, but I, I think, you know, it's possible I've done that at times. Um, Mackenzie's character, Mackenzie Aston playing Tom, who's the, you know, the new guy in the group. 
I mean, he's the audience surrogate. You know, we see the whole movie really through his eyes. That was decided. Um, and part of me is him because, you know, part of me is sort of, outra- you know, a bit outraged by what people do in these groups, but also, um, and also find it kind of funny. Um, he's also trying to be a good dad, you know, and I really tried to be a good dad. And I was a good dad, I think. I think my kids would agree. But, you know, I a lot of the stuff of him taking care of his kid, he lost the kid. Then he got the kid back, you know, it was just a moment that happened to me, of course, as a young father. Um, being a stay-at-home dad, I did that, even though I worked as an actor, a lot of times you're not working as an actor, mm-hmm. so I was at home taking care of kids, you know. Um, and I really wanted to share that experience in this movie, that that, that is a real, that is the new male, that is, that is absolutely real, and how do we feel about that? You know, I think we're still not quite comfortable. <clears throat> not just men, but also women are not quite yet fully comfortable that men are just taking care of kids. And why, why not? Why not? If women can make more money and be out there getting it on, why shouldn't the man be, you know, taking care of kids and washing dishes, you know, or <laughs> they're taking, taking care of a house? So that's a very big provocative thing, and I definitely experienced that as a young father, where you felt like, you know, this is good, I'm doing the right thing, but I don't know if I feel so good about it, you know, because my male thing is out there saying I should also, I should really be out there, you know. So a lot of Tom I, I relate to. And and my own character, Michael, um, again, not autobiographical, but... Uh, I, you know, I certainly, you know, like a lot of modern, uh, um, uh, men have had, uh, uh, issues in my relationships and wanting to be a good husband and a good father, but also wanting to just, you know, have your own, my own life at the same time, you know, and that, that split in between. And Michael is kind of, you know, caught up in this this kind of pattern of addiction. And uh, so that's, you know, a lot of Michael's, it's not, again, it's not really my story, but it is, you know, I understand he he's really wants these men to be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and yet maybe he's not really looking at himself quite fully either. You know, which anybody who a teacher or, or uh, you know, someone who's trying to be a leader of any kind. That's very common to have a blind spot, you know. Um, so, yeah, so those are, <laughs> and, you know, and I even relate to David Quentin's character, Fred, who a lot of the things he said are things that I have said, you know, because I... I have a part of me that's whimsical and I think tries to see philosophically what's going on and draw people's attention to it. So I, 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 a lot of those observations were also coming from me. So, so there you go. I don't know. I hope I didn't cop out of the question. I really, I identify parts of myself with each guy and that's a fact. <laughs> that's 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 perfect. That's that's exactly where I'll end it too. Uh, 
Joseph, okay. thank you very much. Uh, when I saw that you were available, I knew I had to jump on the opportunity to talk to you because uh, not only after watching uh, Welcome to the Men's Group, but also uh, a couple months ago, I also watched Doomed. So it was just it was amazing to see someone speak so passionately about mm. cinema, even even something that turned out the way Fantastic Four did. It was just it's so nice to see someone that has a love of the medium the way that uh, I did for the reasons why I got into this. Oh, that's wonderful, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, you know, I've always, always, uh, always happy to talk about that project, you know, Fantastic Four, because it's such a unique story. And, and um, you know, it's still such an irony that, that we did that film and, and it's still out there. I just saw a thing the other day on on Facebook that it's you know officially on YouTube. So millions of people have seen this film, whereas you know 25 years ago when we first made it and it wasn't released, you know, uh, who knows who would have seen it then, you know. So uh, I remember story. I remember reading about it in magazines like Starlog and everything when it was supposed to come out. I remember getting really excited and then having to wait 10 years until I finally found it on a VHS somewhere yeah. at a at a comic convention. <laughs> I know. So someone asked me that the other day. They said, you know, when did you become aware that it was, you know, I said, well, I knew that there were tapes out there floating around. But you remember it, in those days, uh, and, I, and I did the press junkets where you were reading Starlog and we were all excited in 1990. End of, what was it end of ninety three when we started doing all that and then mm-hmm. uh and then boom, you know it was all gone and then uh you know it and it took you know several years and then finally uh comic book culture had not yet reached the mainstream, you know in those days it was still a bit you know. Kind of underground, not underground, but you know, it was a subgenre. Where mm-hmm. today it's you know completely main genre. It's out there, and and so com comic cons and comic book conventions and all that. And then you know, I, and somebody it was about about ten years when somebody first called and went, "Hey, a, com- a comic book store said we want to like invite you guys down to like talk about this." And we, and, every, and and I don't think. Many of the actors and I hadn't seen each other in years, and you know, occasional emails or something. And then we said, yeah, and we all met. And we're like, whoa, you know, this thing really happened. Sort of like being the guys from Galaxy Quest or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, like somebody cares about us still, you know. And and then it began, you know, this like, yeah. And and now there's not just VHSs out there. For the last ten years, there's now DVDs, and we started going to Comic Con, and it became, you know, such a thing. And and and, and I, I still get fan mail, you know, I get fan requests for pictures, Doctor Doom. Or I've gone to cons and done a lot of signings because uh, people are, you know, still passionate about what that film is and what it represented too. So, yeah, it's 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 a bittersweet story, but somehow very gratifying too. You know, when you put a lot of love into something, it eventually you'll shine through, even if it gets the kind of treatment like 
like Fantastic Four did. Eventually, it will be appreciated for what it was. Well, may that be said about Welcome to the Men's Group. <laughs> but at least oh, now, that... Welcome to the Men's Group is out there, and people are seeing it. So that's what's great. I hope everybody knows on this cast that uh, this is uh, it's out on iTunes and Amazon and Google Play, and it'll be going out further uh, in the months to come. I'm glad that you said that because I didn't see a release date, and I didn't know when I checked out the the official site this morning. There still wasn't a date or any links to iTunes mm. or uh, Google Play Store, so I still wasn't oh God, unaware. I'm updated. I'm yeah. sorry about that. I'll find no, out. Um, I yeah, just wanted to know. It is, so it is the official release. We did a theatrical release. Uh, uh, actually, it was in, it was in May. But, um, you know, it had very limited um, theatrical play, of course, because that's reserved for really big movies. Um, mm-hmm. But our movie, because um, it's just it's so much money to try and do that, and no distributor wants to spend that anymore. Yeah. In any case, <clears throat> it's a movie that people will see at home, um, and it is now officially out uh, as of the 9th, the 9th of November. So it is Perfect. on iTunes. Amazon and Google Play. After this very instant, you can go to any of those, click on Welcome to the Men's Group, enter it, and watch it, and take the the roller coaster ride, I say, into the inner life of men. Believe me, it's a ride worth taking. You'll see things that will surprise you, I think, and and maybe even uh, horrify you or 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 help you really laugh your way uh, to a good time. So It also depends on how squeamish you are when it comes to the male form. Ah, so now you're getting to it, Michael. That's right. <laughs> a male form is essayed in this movie in a way that you do not see very often. I noticed you didn't ask me any questions about that. Which is very, maybe that's your your stoicism, your blue-collar stoicism, that, that this is a movie that, that the L.A. Times said, and I quote, perhaps has the most full frontal male nudity of any mainstream film ever in the history of movies. And that is a fact. Uh, but that, is, that was part of the story. It's not gratuitous. It's done, I think you'll agree, as a very organic, important part of the film that yeah, these men have to get to their authenticity or else. Yeah, it's not like Pink Flamingos where it's just there to shock you. It's not a John Waters film. <laughs> no, God love John Waters, but no, it's not. <laughs> no. And we're in good company, you know. There's been a lot of full frontal in the last few years. There's been Viggo Mortensen went for it, and Captain Fantastic, and... and uh, of course, Jason Segel and Forgetting Sarah Marshall is, is mm-hmm. such an hilarious, incredible breakthrough moment in cinema, I think, was that scene where he's weeping naked in front of his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> scene. So we have eight men, you know. And Timothy Bottoms called me up and went, Joe, we, you know, Vigo beat us to it, you know. He went full frontal. No one's going to, you know, we, we, he beat us. And I said, Timothy, uh, no one's ever going to beat us because we have eight. We have eight. We have eight penises on screen. No one will ever beat that in the history of movies. Sorry. 
<laughs> not not in an organic, to, not in an organic way, at least. <laughs> not in an or, exactly. I said I said maybe some porn out there, but you know that's not us. You know we're not in an official comedy drama like Welcome to the Men's Group. So, <laughs> so if for no other reason I tantalize you with that, go to some VOD platforms today and order Welcome to the Men's Group and have yourself a hell of a good time. <laughs>